Hey, it's Mel G, and this week on our Super Little Podcast, we're going to be talking about learning lines for a play, Bush going on Come Dine With Me, and favourite trees. Hmm. If you like that, then do have a listen to us every Saturday lunchtime from one on Magic. There'll be more chat, some bantics, and great songs thrown in for good measure. My beloved friends... Oh, I sound like a preacher. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Bush. There Uh, you are. Hi, how's it going? Oh, so good to see you, my love. It's been too long. It's been way too long. I've missed you. I've missed you too. Really missed you. And I missed you so much, I did listen in to the other show that you do uh, for another station, and I I was just texting you, trying to be part of it. Yeah, you were like one of the listeners, like texting in and stuff. It was great. In a slightly annoying way, probably. I I texted you about, what, five times? Yeah, but I really enjoyed it. It was lovely lovely to hear hear from you. Oh, good to see you, old Busho. Good to see you. Uh, Now, listen, the big news this week... in my life, I'm so sorry. I, and you, I'm very interested in your lives as well. You know that. I live for that. But I'm going to talk about myself. Uh, now, I'm rehearsing for this play, right? Uh, it's a Shakespeare play. Yep. I'm just going to get, get this out there. Much Ado About Nothing uh, by William Shakespeare. Uh, written, well, let's say, end of the 1500s. I, I don't really know. Um, uh. Now... Matey, nudging 50, let's be honest, finding it really hard to learn lines. But Bush, it's a, I, I'm, I remember doing it at GCSE. I remember trying to struggle through even reading it out loud. It's quite difficult, yeah. let alone remembering any of it. And it's the remembering, though, lads. But please describe what you're holding in your hand at the moment, Mel, because this is an unbelievable thing. Okay, to this, look is, at. this is the script. This is the ruddy script. So we've got about, I would say, three and a half weeks. From today, wow! Uh, before we need to get it, get it, get it up on the stage. Get it up on the—is that what you call it? Get it up on the stage. Get, getting it up on the stage. How long <laughs> have we got to get it up on the stage, everybody? Let's get a move on. It's about three and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone else knows their lines because everyone else in the company is very professional. Bush, except for me. Now, is that you with your little colour-coded little stickers yeah, everywhere? I spent hours and hours colour coding. And also highlighting my own lines because I am deeply self-centered these days. Yeah, that's what I did. And this counting my own me. lines. Yeah, this is me. This is my bit. Don't care about anyone else's. Uh, now, I have got to go in after work today, literally, and do a rehearsal this oh, afternoon. Nice. Saturday, I hear you cry. Yes, we do rehearse on a Saturday. Wow. And I need to have learned this scene. So... What percentage downloaded in your brain do you think these are at the moment? How far down the line are we? I'd say 28 and what happens if you forget your lines on stage on the night? Have they got someone down the side? I don't want to put that in your mind, but have they got someone there like doing the lines along with you? Can oh, they often, in it? Often. Have you ever been to a play or um, a show? It's quite funny. I shouldn't say this because it will be happening to me. <laughs> uh, it's quite funny. I once saw, who was it? I can't remember who it was. It was a very, you know, it was a very sort of gritty, no, it was almost like a Sean Bean. Something that Sean Bean so, might do. Exactly, it was like a northern production, something very gritty. And, why you know, me? Probably called why, why Me. Why Me. With Sean Bean. And um, the main actor, the main actor uh, was floundering, floundering, floundering around. Yeah. And, you know, so came to a sort of halt like this. And, and, oh, and it went, line! Literally like that. Is that what they do? You call line. Oh, my word. Yep, so this gritty northern performance was ripped away. 
to become an absolute ham. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be shouting line a lot. At some point. Well, listen, I've got your the book of uh, the actual play here. Yeah. I'm Beatrice and you're going to play Benedict. Okay. Uh, we get on really badly, faux badly. We're actually deeply in love. Okay, cool. But we don't know that yet. That has okay. not been revealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I come in and I say, this is a little scene. I've been asked to get you in for dinner. Um... I have been. Hang on, I've been. <laughs> am I? Do, I know, am I supposed I know, to? Like, like, no, no, no. I know. Mime it to you. It reminds me of doing GCSE um, French. Revision. Yeah, revision. Maloney just looked at me as if to say, "OMG, you're going on with this show in three and a half weeks." Um, um, I'm really annoyed with you. I am bid. Hang on, I'd be sent. All oh, right, okay. Here we go. And, been, and into Beatrice. I'm not going to give it the full welly. Fine. I'm just going to do the lines. I've been sent. Hang on. Right. Yeah. I've been sent to bid you come into dinner. That's not bad. Against my will, oh. am I? So that's fine, though. You can ad-lib a little against bit. Against my will, am I sent? You see, that's the thing with Shake. No. Against the will, against my will, I am sent. I am sent to bid you come into... See, what winds me about Shakespeare is much easier way of saying that. Exactly. Much exactly. easier. And he twists words round. Yeah. A lot. He's just I... making it difficult. You could have just said, dinner time. You having dinner or what? <laughs> right. Against my will, I am sent to bid you come into dinner. And then I say, fair Beatrice, I thank you for your pains. Oh, then, then we're what do you in a whole say? world of pain. Um, You've put an exclamation mark next to this in pencil. Have I? Yeah. Oh, I think we need a break. Uh, I think we do need a break. I need a break to learn this line. I know, this is terrible. Uh, oh, yes, I yeah. know what it is. I took no more pains with this. Yeah, we'll have a little break, <laughs> then we'll come back, and I will know the second line of this scene. I promise you that. Boom. <laughs> I took no more pains for those thanks than you take pains to thank me. If it had been painful, I wouldn't have come. Yes. I was looking at the script. <laughs> Nailed oh. it. Nailed it, Mel. Nailed it. Hello. Hello oh, there. what have we got here? A cantering on the horizon. Uh, it's Mel G on Magic. It's Saturday afternoon. I really hope you're having a great weekend so far. It is time now, my friends, for our beloved Ledger of legends. If we can just refer back to our last Ledge of Ledge entry, yeah, well, which was of it? course was Carlisle Airport yeah. that we talked about, uh, it's it's now, um, you told me this, it's going to be an international airport. International airport, uh, and this was announced just a couple of days ago, my local area of South End is going to fly direct to Carlisle International. Matey. How that, amazing is that? That is you sorted. I couldn't believe though when you told me that the flight to the Lake District from the South End airport is an hour and a half. An hour and a half. That's longer than to Amsterdam, Jam. I, I think it might go around the houses picking people up. Oh, is that what it does? Must, must be doing something like, like that. Like a bus. Yeah. Like a little bus. Yeah. Anyway, that was that. Now, what have we got today? Well, listen ye up. This is a bit of a weird one, and okay. it actually slightly links with an airline. I'd like to put in our ledge of ledge today um, an airmail envelope. Oh, I love those. Do you know what I mean? They remind me of pen pals from distant times gone past. Exactly. Sound like Shakespeare again there. Yes. Why? Tis verily, you say, in the Shakespearean way of the ledger of legendi. Um, pale blue envelope, yeah. remember them. And they had a navy and red stripe going all the way around the edge. And sometimes yeah. you had to have a knife to open that. them. And you, you see, nowadays you just get, you get emails and it's really underwhelming yeah. but back then if you got a letter from your pen yeah. pal yeah. you'd have to rip round it with a knife like you were getting a dispatch from the frontier Exactamundo Love so it. we're not just talking any old envelope because nah. that would be dull as frankly ditch water yeah. it's an airmail envelope 
And that is what I want to put in the Ledger of Legend today. I I, I bought some the other day, actually, and I've got them in a very special place because I love them so much. Did you have an international pen pal back in the day, Mel? Uh, well, I had Valerie, my uh, French exchange, Aww. who I adored. Uh, did you have one? Did I she? had, yeah, a Swedish girl called did, Maria. Did you ever meet her? Yeah, we went and stayed with them in Malmo. Oh. But like, that was all from just being pen pals. It was lovely. And you sent airmail letters. Airmail letters to lovely. each other. And she would send big, you know, the way girls used to write back in the day with big curly writing, with a bit, in, in, dotting the eye with a big circle. Yes. A teenage girl writing. Did she send it? Did she, did. she send it? Sent it. I don't mean did she send it. Did she send it? <laughs> she did send it with, with a bit her of special perfume. Swedish musk. Uh, good. <laughs> if you could draw that bush, that would be absolutely delightful. Thank On you it. very much. Boom, pam, one more. One more. One more. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Or is it the POM cast or the, the POM pam? POM cast. POM cast. The podcast. <laughs> He's going to do it again. You have been welcomed into the podcast. <laughs> Here we go, Mel. A yeah, question ma'am. off of the office. Favourite type of tree? Ah, oh, the hornbeam. I've never heard of that tree before. Yeah, the hornbeam. What's so good about a hornbeam? It grows a lot in uh, Central European countries, the hornbeam. And you can also grow it here. Do you know what, Bush? This is a very, very, very dull fact. But I'm going to get rid of the slightly municipal hedge that we've got growing out of the front of our house, which yeah. separates us from our next-door neighbours, who we're very, very fond of, um, and go for a hornbeam hedge. You're going to go for a hornbeam hedge? Yeah. There's something... It it speaks to my Central European roots. What's it look like, though? What, what kind of... What's it look like? I saw you done there with roots. Well done. Thanks. Um, how would I describe a hornbeam? Is it like a big tree, little tree? It's the Angela Rippon of trees. It's <laughs> got that. Rippen it's got that tree. lovely sort of... Very at peace with itself... Very happy in its own skin. An all-rounder. An all-ruddy rounder. An all-rounder. What's your fave? I think clearly, it's... clearly not the Christmas tree, we know that, because obviously you throw it out on a Boxing Day. So what is your favourite tree, Bush? <laughs> I thought it was, that was going to be brought up at some point. I think for me, it's, is it a silver birch? Oh, nice. The ones that you can sort of uh, put your fingernails in and pull off the bark. I don't know if that's allowed. Yeah, we used to do that. You can make like bow and arrows oh. and stuff like that. And a bit of paper. Oh, how do yeah. you make a bow and arrow out of that? Well, you pull like a strip of it down. Yeah. And then that's like, you can make that quite taut as like the bit for the bow. And then oh. as as children growing up in Wiltshire that we did, we used to make bow and arrows out of them. And then, so what do you what do you use as your arrow? Just the stick, a bit of stick off the actual main bit of the tree. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And what do you use for the central bit to keep the whole thing together? More stick off the tree. It's quite bad for the tree overall. Matey, tree lovers hearing this might not be best pleased with you. I know, but I grew up in Trowbridge, Mel. You had to defend yourself somehow. Yeah. Just but, how you used to have to do it. Okay. What's your, since we're on this, what's your, this is a little offshoot. Offshoot. I see what she's done there yeah. as well. This is offshoot. amazing. Uh, what's your favourite bush? Favourite bush. And it can be a person. Can or I just say? an actual bush. It's a pampas grass. Pampas, pampas grass. <gasps> Only because it, one of them in Bristol turned out to be my nemesis. I tried to remove it from our front garden. And getting rid of a pampas grass is unbelievable. What, because it reseeded itself? Yeah, I had to dig a hole in the middle of it and set fire to it. You're ch- <laughs> I kid you like, not. Like the wicker man. Yeah, it was like the wicker man, but in like fish ponds in Bristol. What? I set fire to this thing to get rid of it. But it just because it's so kind of pernicious? Yes, and what it had done, it had gone, unbeknownst to me, below the soil level. It had kind of like sprouted off to the right and then re- re-established itself a bit further down the garden. 
It's like, can't get rid of me. How extraordinary. Unbelievable. I wonder if you were to go back there now to that very house, it's probably, there's probably no house there. It's just probably pampas. Just coming completely overgrown by the damn yeah. thing. Yeah. What, about, what would get your vote for Best Bush? Best Bush, Andy Bush. Oh, thank you, man. And there endeth this podcast. <laughs> Mel G on Magic here. It's time for... Oh, here we go. I am primed and ready to do this rhyme. Oh, yes, I am. I'm like a squirrel who's seen a large nut across the park. <laughs> I will pounce and run and I will purloin the heart. <laughs> wow, that's the best one yet. Bushington. That's so good, ma'am. Now, listen up, Bush. That's so good. What a brilliant song. Thank you very much. Now, listen, we know that it's Saturday, March the 17th. Everyone we knows know, that. We know that. Everyone knows that. But I want to know, and you you are the keeper of this secret, Bush. What day is it? What day is it? Well, I think it's probably dawned on all of us that it's St. Patrick's Day today, isn't it? Yes, it is. Of a course. day dedicated to our Irish producer, Louise Maloney. No! So I've got three amazing facts about Ireland that are going to literally knock your socks off. I love it. Come on. Fact number one. St. Patrick isn't just the patron saint of Ireland. He's also the patron saint of Nigeria. What the actual... I know. He gets about, doesn't he? Why is that, Bush, do we know? I don't have any further information. (laughs) Oh, he promises much, doesn't he? He promises much and then he delivers very, very Maybe little. it's a little bit of homework for people listening to the show right now. Go online, find out the rest yourself. Let us know about it. <laughs> it's a good it. fact, though. To be fact, fair, it's a good fact. Go fact on. number two, yes. up until the 1920s, this is really weird, right? Couples could legally get married just by walking towards each other as long as they did so in Telt Town, County Meath, and only on St Bridget's Day. And you know this is unbelievable? If you want a divorce, walk backwards, away from each other. In the same place. Same place, St Bridget's Day. Did you need a priest there or not? I'm not too sure. They weren't They weren't particularly clear on that. But it's interesting, isn't it? That's a cracking fact. Cracking fact. Love it. Fact number three. Ireland is... Now, this is really weird. Ireland's the only country in the world where the windmills turn in a clockwise direction. Do they turn anti-clockwise anywhere else? Apparently so. Apparently so. so Apparently this is a fact about in, Ireland. In every other... Co- like in, in, in Holland, I was there last year. We passed loads of windmills. They all go anti-clockwise. Yeah. Apart from an island, they go clockwise. What? Does the, is that the wind? I don't know. Or maybe the way they're made? Who knows? I feel like we've, we've left this with more questions than we have answers. Do you know what that I mean? That is brilliant, though. The windmills all turn clockwise in Ireland and yeah. nowhere else. Nowhere else. Right, that's... that's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regale people with that fact <laughs> this very night at a, at a <laughs> dinner party or something. I'm not going to a dinner party, but anyway... <laughs> Yes, Bush, if I could turn back time. If I could turn back time, um, I'd like to go to 1950s London. Why would you like to go to 1950s London? Because I'd like to see what it was like post-war. Yeah. But just before the 60s hit. Yeah. In that that lovely sort of, oh, I think of Audrey Hepburn and um, Cary Grant in the 50s. Yeah, having like really dark looking mead by candlelight in old like English country pubs and stuff as well. That'd be good, wouldn't it? And going on a little moped. Yeah. Around London. Cycling home with your belongings in a little basket. Yeah. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yes. And then there being lots of fields just outside London because the suburbs hadn't really hit yet. There was no Milton Keynes. No Milton Keynes. There was no Milton Keynes back then. What would you do if you could turn back time? I think I'd go back to like Tudor England. Oh. Why, my liege, you come directly from Bristolian. I beseech thee, sir, 
My purse strings are open for you, sir. I would love to have just basically life to be like Wolf Hall, just walking around Wolf Hall all the time. But, mate, listen. Ruffle. Just imagine your life expectancy, though. This is what would worry me, because I've thought about this a lot. If I travelled in time, yeah. if I went back to Tudor times, I would have to go with a massive suitcase full of antibiotics. Of meds. Meds and also contraceptive devices, I'm sorry, <laughs> because there would be that going on, we Imagine know. explaining that at customs, if that was what was in your bag. I know. Plus, probably... Um, Possibly a cyanide pill if you had to get out of it quickly. Really? Yes. Oh, you just absolutely ruined Sorry, my mate. back in time adventure, Mel, with those three items. And you bring some with you. and some good snacks. Really? Well, they had yes. nice food back then, didn't oh, they? Oh, matey, but listen. Quail and stuff. Yeah, but oh, some of it was really dodgy. What about all the kind of that sort of half-cooked meat? And... And is it suet? Suet. Yes, yes, heavy lard-based. Lardy stuff. Yeah. Do I... you know what? Actually, can I come to 1950s London with you? Not that keen on Tudor England anymore. <laughs> Seems a bit weird. No, j- go, but just go with your trunk of accoutrements. <laughs> just go for a weekend. Yeah, exactly. Just a weekend, just a weekend. Oh, that'd be fun. Wouldn't that be good? I think you'd look very good in doublet and hose. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah. Thank you very much. You've got a fine calf bush, and I think that people should know about that. Oh, thank you. I'm glad this has come out now. Good. Uh, now, very much Saturday afternoon... Uh, whatever it is you're doing, hope you're having a fantastic weekend uh, imagining um, Bush in doublet and hose. Um, now, Bush, uh, I have to ask you this. Not because it's contractual or anything like that, but I, I just I just need to know, how's your week been? Uh, Mel, thank you. My week has been good. Uh, it's a week of choices. Ooh. Deciding whether to do something or not. Oh, hello. Okay. Let me, let me explain. I'm a big fan of Come Dine With Me. Oh, yes, I knew that. Do you yes. like Come Dine With Me? It's fantastic. It's always on. Yeah. It's just always on. Yeah, it's brilliant. It is actually brilliant. And it's an interesting combination of getting people to come around your house, cooking for them, and then trying to entertain them. Yeah. And I always look, sat there thinking, do you know what? I reckon I'd, I'd do okay. Yeah. I could, I'm, I'm not a great cook, but yeah. I yeah. make a good lasagna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can have a couple of beers and then probably entertain people with tricks. Yes. Backflips. Or, or get the board games out. Get the board games out. If that doesn't go down so Crack, well. Cracking time with some people. Good. And then would you believe it, my other half, Katie, just this morning has forwarded me a screenshot of something she's seen on Facebook. Uh, come dine with me, are looking for people in Essex to get involved. Um, right. And I just wanted to run okay. this by you guys to see whether you thought it would be a good idea. So this means, let's just get this straight for people who haven't seen Come Dine With Me. Good point. That you, on your own, have to invite three people, is that right? I think it is. It's you and three others, isn't it? Do you all then get to cook for each other so it's, you see four different scenarios or is it two different scenarios? No, I think you all take turns cooking at your own house and they all come over and then like score you out of ten. Can you choose the other people? No, you just get set up with some randoms. All that connects you is the fact that you will live relatively close to each other. It's yeah. a nice way to make friends, Bush. I mean, it is. You know I worry about this because you have recently moved into the county of Essex and I'm not saying, you know, you're a you're a nobby-no-mates. Of course, I'm not saying that. But it's nice to have friends around you, Bush. Well, I hate to say this, Mel. I don't think I've got any Essex friends. Well, Matt Whittle is soon to become a very close friend. You're going to set us up, aren't you? Yeah, my friend in Essex that I'm going to set you up with. That's another story. <laughs> Right. Oh, now, what are we thinking? But like, you know, th- there's so many possibilities here. Like, what could I cook? What would be the entertainment? Because some, t- some people get like fire-eating friends to come over and do like a performance at the end of the meal and wow them for extra points and stuff, or a juggler or something. I'm saying, Bush, speaking from the guts, that mm-hmm. you should do it because it would be ace to see you on Come Dine With Me. It'd be good fun, wouldn't it? It'd be really good fun. Let's have a little think about the detail. Yeah, it's all in the detail, it's isn't it? In all the points you get. The devil's in the detail. Should we do that? Yeah. Good. Now, uh, what have we got today, Bush? What have we got today? 
Uh, right, okay. Ah, this is great. What is it? Creepiest nursery rhyme. Oh, it's got to be Ring a Ring a Roses. Ring a Ring a Roses. Pocket full of posies. Hopefully, that hasn't scared you at home. A tissue. A tissue. That, for me, that song is the equivalent of a, a red child's ball rolling into the hallway when you're alone at home. That is just ghost, proper ghost. It's all about the plague, though, isn't it? I know, it's horrible. It's absolutely all horrible. about the ruddy plague. What about for you? What's the scariest one for you? I, I, do you know what? I'm going to say something a bit bold here and say that all nursery rhymes are a little bit creepy. Every single nursery rhyme. Say it in a creepy voice, any nursery rhyme, and it becomes creepy. Okay? Jack and Jill went up the hill to... Yeah, it does. It sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? What about Humpty Dumpty? What's that? How's that one go? Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Oh, yeah. Humpty Dumpty yeah. had a great fall. fall. They're all about violence. They are. And they're all deeply, deeply sinister and worrying. And if sung in a slightly disenchanted, echoey, um, deceased Londoner child voice... Mary, Mary, quite contrary. That's terrifying. How does your garden grow? With cockle. Isn't it creepy? It's uh, it's a bonnet, a kid with a bonnet on that you can see through because yes. it's a ghost. Little Jack Horner sat in the corner eating his... Oh, no, not curds and whey. What is it? it plum is... pudding. He Sorry, pulled I mean... out a plum and then in his thumb. Isn't it? He pulled out a plum? Yes. Did he? In a pie. He had a pie in the corner. I thought he was eating curd now. I, no. I can't remember anything about no, plums. No, 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 no. He did not pull his one. plum out. No, it's another creepy one. Um, who, who eating her curds and whey? The, the one who ate her curds and whey. Is that the one where a spider comes out? Oh, Little Miss Muffet. That's it. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet. What's a tuffet when it's at home? No idea. It's a made-up thing, isn't it? <laughs> well, Maloney can't deal with this. <laughs> She's actually laughing with fear. We've got into her mind. She yeah. shan't sleep tonight. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet. They're all creepy, is, is, is my answer to that. I agree. Thank you. Mel G on Magic, and it's time for Tell Mel. Yes, the voice has uh, accrued a somewhat bristly timbre. You can ask me anything, don't expect a nice soft soaping reply. First, please. Hi Mel, it's Jess. Who do you think were the better band, ABBA or the Bee Gees? Jess, you have made my tweed plus fours twitch with anger. ABBA or the Bee Gees? It is quite clearly ABBA. How dare you even suggest that those white trousered buffoons with their ludicrous dental proboscis anywhere near as good as ever. Oh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. It might be March. It might be March the 17th and nearly spring, but I'm going to take you over my knee and give you a very, very good paddling, my girl. Next. Hi, Mel. It's Duncan. What do you prefer, bath or shower? Oh, dear Duncan, you're going the same way as Jess. My tweed rough is positively quivering with anger. I can't even remember the question. What was it you asked me, Duncan? What was it you said? I've, I've totally forgotten. Duncan, anyway, I was annoyed by it. And see me later with Jess. Next. Hi, Mel. It's Liv. Beans on toast. Best tea ever or not? Oh, my dear Liv, I'm very, very partial to a bean on toast. But you know what I like to do? To sort of ginger them up. No, I don't put ginger on them, my dear. I put a nice, strong, mature cheddar cheese. <laughs> oh, Liv, I say to you, long live the cheese and bean. Now, that's it. That's quite enough. 
Oh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We love it when you do. Hear more larks like that every Saturday lunchtime from One on Magic. The Mel Gedroich Podcast. 